Craig Nash again here with It's a Grand Life. You're going to just be so blessed today. Our guest on the program for the second time is Robin Wynn from Generations United. And last time she introduced you to this fabulous organization out of Washington, D.C. that has all sorts of resources for us, the grand families. And we just want to encourage you to check out those uh, websites, gu.org and grandfamilies.org and even the gksnetwork.org. But today we're going to go a little deeper with Robin. I want her to share with us her story of how she became part of a grand family. We heard last week how she's been involved with Generations United and how she works with all of us grand voices to uh, to try and encourage us to advocate for the grand families across our whole country. But Robin, thanks so much for joining us again on It's a Grand Life. And, and uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got here. Sure, Craig, it's, I'm glad to be here with you again. Um, like I think I told you before, my name is Robin Wind. I am Muskogee Creek and live on the Muskogee Creek Reservation in Oklahoma, just south of Tulsa. Um, prior to two years ago, I worked in Indian child welfare and foster care, mostly in leadership. So I do have um, child welfare background. But nine and a half years ago, I got a call that um my grandson who was it was the day before he turned four months old needed placement because he had been severely injured um there was a little bit of neglect and dhs was taking him into custody he was in the hospital so i had about 12 hours to (laughs) i know to prepare and and you know we hear this a lot this is not you know out of the ordinary i had to come up with a car seat crib, you know, everything that an injured baby needs um, in in about 12 hours. And I I was, you know, that single and I was doing it on a child welfare salary, which was like zero. So um, it was, it was a surprise and a shock, but um, he has been my great joy. You know, I, I love him. And the first night I got him, Craig, you know, he was injured. Um, and he cried all night and I thought about two o'clock in the morning, I thought, I cannot do this. They're going to figure out, you know, who did this or what's happened. And then he'll go back to either his mama or his daddy. So by about six o'clock in the morning, I started crying with him and we got up and got dressed and went to work. He went to work with me for a while because we couldn't find daycare. So, um, he's been a great blessing, great blessing. So you here you are a child welfare professional. This is your vocation. You're an expert in, in navigating these uh, waters and what have you. And now you're advocating on behalf of your own grandson. And uh, how did you handle that emotionally, let alone professionally? Well, um, it was awful. Like I felt so, when something like this happens, you, um, you kind of, grieve for what you know you don't know what what really has occurred why is your own child in this situation um how have we gotten in this situation and you feel very alone so um i did have you know other co-workers and friends who were who worked in child welfare so they understood um but it's still not the same right you're still by yourself and it was hard um like you said even though i knew all the contacts and who to speak with and um, how to get things, I still had a really hard time. 
So um, just accessing things. I'll give you an example. Just a, a, a couple of weeks before I think I got my, my little guy, um, I had taken a week-long course to be a trainer for the um, classes that you have to take when you're a foster parent. Okay. Well, they wanted me to take the classes. And I was like, I just went through your training class. I can train, you know. And so it took months for them to say, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, in that time, there was no help because, you know, you have to meet these requirements. And right. they had to ask other people whether that was okay. So it was rough. Very rough. And, and uh, for those of us out here that are not familiar with the uh, uh, being part of a reservation, like, and, and, and uh, I'm so glad that uh, you're part of the, uh, the GU family. And, and obviously you were here a lot longer before I was, but could you let our listeners know, are there some distinctives between um, being raised or raising your family on a reservation as opposed to just in, in Tulsa, for example, or outside of the reservation? And what would, uh, what would you want to share with us about that so we can be informed? Well, I think I don't. On our reservation, there's a very, we're very integrated. So there's not a whole lot of, I wouldn't say a whole lot of um, difference, but we we do hold hard to our culture. Um, we, we still do our ceremonies. We um, very proud people. And we want our children involved in that. So that's why it's um, important to us for them to stay with us. Sure. And, and when they're, you know, taken into custody or they need to be separated from mom and dad for a little while, it's important for us for them to stay with us. So um, there are certain laws that have to be followed, um, like the Indian Child Welfare Act. That's a very, um, it helps keep us stable and secure in our, our children with us. So that's, there's some differences there. Okay. But I know that, you know, my, my experience is different than someone who's on a reservation in Arizona. There's just all kinds of differences. So each reservation situation could be different from the next. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 not the same everywhere. So you, but uh, GU still represents folks on every tribe and every represent every uh, um, right and every reservation. Yes, sir. We have twelve tribal representatives right now. Um, that's that's a lot for us. There's. There's hundreds of tribes, but, um, you know, I can't think of another organization that is not um, like, like that made a specific, um, oh, how do I say this, campaign to involve Native families in their programming like this. That's how I got here. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely great. And I'm so glad you're sharing this with our audience because we, we all need to be aware of all of us, and that's. Uh, and I didn't know um, that there were distinctives between one tribe and another tribe. And and um, I remember when I had a radio show several years ago, I interviewed a um, a Hispanic pastor from a small church in Detroit, and I assumed that all Hispanic folks were the same. And he was, oh no no, he, he just really educated me on that and uh, um and we we just need to learn more about one another so we can respect and support one another so thank you robin for sharing that today i really appreciate it and uh, so there are some unique challenges then depending on the reservation or the uh, 
uh, the group that you're with and and uh, um, and especially in light of supporting the, the grand family, right? Right. So with with my little guy, he was taken into state custody, not tribal custody, but our tribe became involved in in the um, court proceedings. So, um, for example, if he was in tribal custody, I would have been able to get things like uh, a crib or um, help. There would be more support for me if he was in tribal custody, whereas the state came and they brought me a $50 gift card when I got in and that was it. And a, and a broken car seat. So there are differences. Not all tribes can do that. My tribe is a bigger tribe. It's one of the four biggest, you know, in, in the nation, but um, so they have more resources. Okay. But yes, there's, they followed along through the whole case, you know, to ensure that um, best interest was happening and that, and, you know, so yes, we're very fortunate that way. That's absolutely great. So, but that's built into the tribal system that there's a, there, there's a uh, support model there, with like a, a child well, welfare system as part of the tribal network, correct? Yes. So that's, that's mm -hmm. absolutely great. So there's not someone who's not in, uh, familiar with the situation. There's someone actually from the tribe, I would imagine, that's coming to uh, uh, help navigate those waters and at uh, at a time where it may be a little tense is what someone's right. new integrating into the family and what have you so i think that's i'm learning something here that's absolutely great so um so i know you love your work as a grand voice support coordinator and you you work with all of us out here and so what's your favorite part of that work favorite part of that work is just is being with um the grand families. We all have different but similar um, situations, um, and it's just like having an extra family to, um, because sometimes it's really lonely. You know, if you're, you know, you have these kids who, your your friends are like you've said before, Craig. They're off on you know on vacation in Florida, and you're at the football field or whatever, right. or a dance class, um, and they might be you know hanging out at the casino or wherever wherever and you've got a screaming baby and you can't go so right. it kind of narrows down your field of who you have for support right and then for people who their child might be in custody you know you can't have just random people at the house they have to be background checked and, and some families might have problems with that um, so it's very isolating so my favorite part is every day I get to come to work and I get to visit with people like you and hundreds of others who right. understand my situation. And you know, it's with me, you know, relatively new, we, we've been guardians of our uh, granddaughter Grace for a little over a year. And we were always involved in raising her. Our daughter lived with us. But there's always the tension, a little bit of the tension between what's going on with the grandchild, the son or daughter, and what's happening with your son or daughter? What What's going on with them? Are, are there any legal issues? Are there any behavioral health issues? Are there any addictive uh, uh, situations going on that you, or any legal trouble that you have to be aware of? And and I don't know if if folks outside of the grand family really get that. It's a, some days you feel like there's a little cloud following you around, yet you're running around chasing that grandson at the football game. Or like I was at uh, 
uh, the golf course this morning with my granddaughter finishing up her golf lessons and and uh, it's 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 just a we we have a we have a kinship in that we understand that that uh, mm-hmm. there are situations with our grandkids and there are situations with our kids and uh, it, it's uh, that the challenge is with us all the time wouldn't you say uh, yes and um, I think people especially if you're if you're working in child welfare you forget that you know um, my little guy his daddy is my son right right he 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 was my first child and my my first love my first great love right and you know he might have got himself into a situation where that wasn't great but that doesn't make him bad you know he might have some mental health issues or um some substance use issues but that doesn't make him a bad child and he's still my child and i would worry about him right um now um in june i lost my son my little guy's daddy and it's i've been very fortunate to have have grand voices there's lots of us that that have lost a child um so i have that support there but one thing that's also important is to um to try to, to to build a big family for for my little guy so that he knows that not just me not just his grandpa love him that you know he has got so we run in a herd even though sometimes his mama and i don't agree um on things we still sit together and try to make a an effort to be there for him and um you'll never hear hear a bad thing come out of my mouth about his mama even though you know um, this situation isn't ideal so it's um it is a situation that most people don't have to live with but 2.5 million people do right and and the more i'm in this neighborhood of the grand family neighborhood you see it everywhere and um and 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 there's this role of us this duality if you will of raising a grandchild and also very concerned and cheering for your child to make wise decisions and make the right turn and and get the help that they need and then for a lot of us there's a third area they wrestle with and how do we cover all these costs i didn't count on diapers i didn't count on this or that and the other thing and 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 healthcare costs are increasing inflation's going crazy and uh, you know my husband and i just thought we were going to go out to the pasture and everything was going to be terrific and social security was what we we're counting on and uh, and now life has changed and uh, and that's yeah. why generations united is so needed to be an advocate for the grand families and uh, the work that you do is just absolutely terrific supporting us and and i just want to encourage our listeners again if you are not aware of it go to gu.org generationsunited.org or or grandfamilies.org and and learn about all the resources you are if this is a new website for you i just want to tell you you're not alone there are at least two and a half million of us out here and that we need it to all come together and advocate for the least of us who need the most support and because uh, none of us counted on this 
and none of us we gladly picked up the mantle and started running with it and now let's uh let's see if we can't get the support that is necessary for everyone that's part of a grand family to uh, to just finish so strong and as you are robin you're doing absolutely a great job and you're always a cheerleader for us out here and in uh, um in the gu community but uh what what have you learned in your grand family mission that you wish you knew before uh, you became a grand family oh let's see there's so many lessons huh craig um i <clears throat> like like probably the the rest of the two and a half million people i i had my my future planned out you know i i planned on working in child welfare until i retired and you know do nothing or take naps whenever i want to and that didn't happen with a four-month-old baby who was injured right um, so i guess i guess what i've learned is is to plan for the future you think you're going to have but also be prepared for the one that you actually get because like you said craig i, I mean it's expensive I, I used up my entire retirement on court fees and and attorneys so right um, he'll ask me when are, you know um when are you going to not work i'm like when you don't need toys or you know baseball gear or pants yeah, I never <laughs> well yeah. that legal costs and court costs we net you know we haven't touched on that robin it, it's okay. just outrageously expensive mm -hmm. and and yet if you don't have proper representation you you could be in deep weeds and it's just so important and uh, uh that that's a really valid point you made i know in the uh, michigan er, uh, area here we have had one of our um our uh, guests has, is an elder law attorney and he has offered his services the uh for our uh, our listeners if they want to get a free consultation with him and and maybe he's not the guy that you end up with to do your estate plan or anything like that but he can point you in the right direction for free and that's isn't that a beautiful thing that's wonderful and, and that's another thing craig we don't think about is you know yeah we we worry about 401k if you've got it you know spend that all on them but what happens and the kids worry about it what happens when something happens to us right um, because we're sometimes all they have and there's a lot of anxiety around that so it's important to have planning for that just in right. case there's financial planning there's estate planning there's a, a lot of you know, absolutely necessary decisions that must be made on top of running the grand family and and you know and, and dealing with uh, everything else in life but we're just so thankful that uh, that Generations United is out here for us. We're thankful for the work that you do and for this whole army of grand families that are coming together to support one another. And it it, it does take a village. I don't know what we do without our neighbors, our, our aunts and uncles and everyone else that comes alongside our tribe, if you will, to support my little uh, granddaughter. And uh, just want to encourage you that uh, uh, if you're listening at home and you're not part of a small group or a, a community, you need to be part. You can't do this alone. Right, Robin? You can't. And That's right. Peer support, peer support, um, other organizations, you know, grassroots organizations in your community. There's some something somewhere close to you. You've got to get involved in that because I tell you what, it's a big lift off your shoulders to be able to connect with somebody who understands. Right. 
And, and the, the first way to connect is go to gu.org or grandfamilies.org and, and find out about the resources that are already available at Generations United. And uh, Robin Wynn, I just can't thank you enough for being our guest here on It's a Grand Life. I hope you will come back from time to time and update us on any changes in legislation. If there's anything new that Generations United is doing on behalf of the Grand Families, you know, you have a open door. Any Anything you want to share, we would love to have you come on and share it with our audience. Okay, thank you so much. And um, I'm excited to meet everybody. I know people will, you can always email me at rwind at gu.org. And I'm just thankful to be here, Craig. And it, that's about the easiest email you're ever going to hear about. rwind, W-I-N-D, at gu.org. It short and sweet. And uh, Robin, thank you so much for being our guest here. And we look forward to seeing you real soon. And we appreciate you being on It's a Grand Life. Thanks again. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for joining us for another It's a Grand Life. Remember to never waste your pain. God can use your situation to bless others even halfway around the world. Be sure and subscribe to It's a Grand Life on our Facebook page, as well as YouTube and any of the various podcast channels that feature the Grand Life podcast. When it comes to raising a grand family, remember the words of the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. In leading your grand family, it's going to take faith, hope, and a whole lot of love. Please reach out to me. I can be a blessing to you and pray for you or help you connect to free resources that can make your journey a little easier.